That guy is gas station ready. This guy oh. is press box ready. <laughs> is Ohio State Notre Dame ready? Welcome back to the podcast daily. It is Thursday morning, and that is Anthony Schlegel. I think last week probably felt a little better. Schlegs, we'll get to that. First, I got to know, everybody's dying to know, how are you going to watch this game on Saturday night? I'll be watching it down here in Jacksonville, Florida with the family. We thought about, you know, do we invite people over? And then we're like, no, <laughs> because my youngest son is so into the games. Like, we don't want him to get like, he'll, he'll be like a, a roller coaster of emotion uh, <laughs> through the game. So we're like, no, we're just going to watch as a family. Plus, I watch it. I take notes. Like, I'm into the game. Um, I wish I had like quick cuts. Like I'm, I'm looking up stuff for his little, uh, football games, you know, for junior high. Cause again, I'm the, I'm the associate assistant quality control O-line D line linebackers for, uh, <laughs> middle school football, along with strength coach for varsity baseball, along with training my daughter in cheer and, and all the other things that I do. I'm the, <laughs> I, I'm so busy. It's, it's chaos, but yeah, I, I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, it just, I mean, Notre Dame is special. It, it, it's special to me. When I grew up, I, I vividly remember uh, my my sisters scraping up money uh, to send me to the Notre Dame football camp. Bob Davey was the head football coach at that time. I think I was a sophomore mm -hmm. in high school. And, you know, I always wanted to attend Notre Dame. I wanted, like, so they sent me to that camp. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And then in 2002, we played. Notre Dame um, at Air Force. Right. We both were 6-0. I think we were ranked top 15 in the country. I think they were ranked top 5, top 10. Uh, I had a game, and I had like 19 tackles. We ended up getting beat 21-14, 21-17, something like that. Um, but, you know, and then 2006, we played them in the Fiesta Bowl, and that was the Jersey game, right? And, you know, A.J. <laughs> Sack and Brady Quinn, his future brother-in-law, and all these things. And it's just a – it's a – it's – it's great that these blue bloods, these story programs can come together and meet uh, at 7.30 at night on a Saturday. Pretty special. Yeah, it is special. I'm really looking forward to it. I've never covered a game there, so uh, this will awesome. be my, my first opportunity for that. It's hard. Actually, I've been covering college football for a long time. It takes a lot. You know, it's you get kind of, I don't know, numb. I shouldn't say it that way. Like, I get to see them dot the I like six to eight times a year. Like I see yes. special things in college football all the time. You get kind of numb to that over time, but this is one where like the hair stands up, you know, you, you wake up the echoes, touchdown Jesus. I've never seen any of that stuff. And then it's yep. to have these two programs going at it is going to be really cool. Um, you have a special drink picked out for Saturday night. People are really interested to know how you watch the game Schlegs. we're getting a lot of feedback about that oh man um so i mean if it, if i'm watching it on southwest it's it's a double <laughs> of wild turkey and i got it i tell you what i have a really hard time when i'm in there because like the the end of the last game last week i missed some of the bigger plays because i was trying to get the wi-fi and i kept like turning my wi-fi on going back to southwest going to safari but i use chrome and i was like going back and forth and i couldn't watch it. i'm just like losing my mind a little bit but i was call i, I calmed down you know, so that game in particular just probably be Buffalo Trace and the Rocks. If we're really doing well. I might, I might start off with, um, you know, some Colonel Taylor or some Eagle Rare Ooh, to get it okay. kicked off, and then, and then, and then migrate, migrate to Buffalo. But uh, it will be good. And I will say this too: it's funny. Like this, this week even, um, I was talking to some people, and you know, I, I, I don't know if I coined this or I came up with it or I've heard it or somebody else probably did. But I mean. 
those moments, the things that you get to do, Austin, the things that we get to do with, with like my children, right? You got to live live. And I, you know, it's crazy that people that are learning the English language are like live live are the same word. <laughs> it's in different contexts. Pronunciation, and, baby. And it is. And I, I heard a great stat from somebody else. I heard from somebody else, but again, I have, I have older kids. I have a sophomore and a junior in high school. I have a sixth grader, but the, 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 the quote was this. By the time they're 18 years old, you have spent 90% of your time with your child. That's crazy talk to me. Wow. Yeah. So, so every time, I mean, I love, I train those kids at 545 in the morning. I'm going to develop them all. Matter of fact, I just dropped a nugget on them and I gave them the old school Jim Trussell goal sheet that I had that he gave us in 03, 04, and 05 when I was there. And I'm going to bring mine in. And part of that is you got to go talk, talk to a teammate about it for teammate accountability. I want you to talk to your parents about it. And then you're going to come back and you're going to talk to your coach about it. And we're going to hold you accountable to that. And if you need things that you need to work on, and I don't know, man, we had so many people in our lives that impacted us in a positive way. Like that's why we're there. We got to live live in those moments because you're never going to get it back. You're yeah, never going to get great. it back. So, so Hey, every time you get to go out there and watch them dot the I soak that in, I don't get to watch them dot the I, right. but you know what, to what you guys have done at the podcast, right? You love what you do, where you do it, and who you do it with. That's so right. just continue to do that, man, and enjoy enjoy this Saturday for me, okay? Absolutely will. I promise you that. Uh, and enjoyed last Saturday night or Saturday yep. evening, however we want yep. to put it. When your Wi-Fi was fully functioning, Schlegs, that, that was the kind of performance we talked about. You can't just wait for Notre Dame. You do need to ratchet up. That's Ryan Day's word. Crank up the yeah. intensity. How much did, did it? Did the Buckeyes need that before Saturday night to go out and do what they did to Western Kentucky? I, I think they desperately needed it. I think it all started with Ryan's approach, and we discussed this prior to, you know, and, and I, I think sometimes us as fans and, and the success that they've had, we get lost in what they did lose, right? Especially on the offensive line. You have three guys that are playing on Sundays at a high level. Bringing those new guys in, one came through the portal, hasn't been there the entire time, is learning. But there's some things that we always expect. And for me, it's always physicality, it's violence, it's playing fast. And you saw some hesitation, but Ryan's approach that you saw over those three weeks was that they treated it as three preseason games. Mm -hmm. And once he planted the flag after the second game and announced Kyle McCord, and I saw this happen in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, where you had an alpha in Gardner Minshew, and then they end up trading him. And now, you know, he was the guy, right, being Trevor. It just mm -hmm. took on a different dynamic because his personality was very different than that of Gardner's. Gardner's was very vocal. He was an alpha. He was a hard worker. Trevor's a hard worker, but he's just unique in his own way. And so once he had that opportunity to be the guy, like it just, it took off. Now he's getting more reps and you know, you have that stability and, and Brian Hartline, I, I think it was Brock Hurd was talking about it on the, on the, um, over the TV, just talking about the hurdles because Brian ran hurdles and the timing that is associated with that from a wide receiver, from a quarterback being able to deliver the ball, uh, you know, when it's, when it's, you know, there on time to them, that's all timing. So I think they got those reps. They needed this. And I think the defense needed it as well because guys, let's face it, man, they've only given up 20 points. They outscored our offense in that game in the second half, 14 to seven. Like that's, 
Those are some good things. And their offense scored 28 points in eight minutes. Complimentary football. So there's a lot of really good takeaways from that game. And I think they needed that, though. That was a group of five. But it was still, it was a complete performance by a Buckeye team in the shoe. And they played at the level that we expect them to play, which means this. When you have inferior competition, you go take them right away. Like, they, they shouldn't be on the field. That's the expectation. And now in this game, both highly recruited teams, both ranked in the top 10. It's a matchup. Who's going to be the toughest? Who's going to be the most physical? Who's going to play with the most violence and execute at a higher level is going to win the game? We talk, uh, and you do all the time, Schlegs, about you know the importance of reps and repetition, yes. doing things over and over. So Ohio State has won three games, but they didn't do them all the same. This was the first time that you looked at it, and those reps on Saturday were like clearly dominant from start to finish. Yes. So I would say, and, and I guess I'm asking, does it matter? the level of competition if you are getting successful reps and and learning and feeling what that is like now it's going to be more difficult maybe to execute that but what's the what's the mental value of doing something like Saturday and just disregarding even all right well it was only western kentucky like setting that aside what's the value of those reps think about the thing about the difference right now you guys saw with Alabama you know and then they played USF right and there's a rain delay and the quarterbacks didn't really perform very well. And then you have that performance. Now you're going to go and you're going to play Ole Miss top 15 matchup back at your house with the number one quarterback that they had in the first game, the first two games, yeah. now back in this fourth game. Very different than what we're talking about. We're talking about our guys are going in there on a high. The timing is there. The the, the reps that they're getting is practicing there are there. Mm -hmm. So, but they also played a, a good Indiana team. Now, Indiana got beat by Louisville played them tough, but they play good defense. I'm not necessarily saying about the offense, but they play good defense. And so you've had now three games where you're starting to mesh, you're starting to come together, and it's all about timing. So now the season starts, and you carry that into this Notre Dame game. So I'm, I'm excited to watch, watch it happen. And I will say this too, and I'm going to go a little bit on the defensive side. What I loved about the defense was, I mean, I, I don't think Steele gives enough credit for being a really good open field tackler. Because uh, you got CJ Hicks out there, right? In the weeds, the top five guy. Like, why isn't he playing? Because Steele is really good at his job and CJ will get his chance. Mm -hmm. Steele has been playing really, really well. And I also think that it's it's taken a little bit of time for Coach Knowles, Jim Knowles, to see like what it is that you got. And and he's a he's a big man guy and a and a pressure guy. I don't necessarily like looping blitzes in man. I like the ones that are right directly into the face of the quarterback because when mm -hmm. they loop, especially a veteran guy, if you don't play it perfect, right, there's going to be openings because they're going to know what my man beaters are. Right. And we saw that on, again, in this game, it's okay if you do that versus Western Kentucky when it's third and 10 and you bring six and they get 17. Now, part of that was an execution breakdown. Okay, Proctor was looking at a guy in the backfield. That was his man. He's in there. He has to pack it back. He's the rap player now. and should have picked up that guy coming inside because I think it was Hancock, I believe, was yep. playing off of him, and he had Proctor being the inside leverage of that guy. So that's a little bit of execution on his standpoint, but it's also, hey, if you play zone there, give him nine, we get off the field and third down. You, you see those things. Then you also saw Steele in zone coverage on the sideline, reroute a guy, expanded to the flat, made a pick on the sideline. So you're starting to figure out like what works, what do our guys do really well. And in that game, 
They had two tackles, eight TFL, six PDUs, and two picks. It's a lot of production flags. Hey, hey, two touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. guy, and, and the other thing, too, was guy, guys were flying around the football. There was multiple times where you saw five or six hats around the ball. Silver bullet defense, regardless of who you play, the standard is the standard. Everybody sees that. And I heard somebody on Instagram or Twitter was talking about, well, the players have to be held accountable. It's, why do I get on coaches so much more than players? Well, one, a lot of people that want to ridicule players never played. Okay, so how would you like it if I came in there and just ridiculed you about your really terrible, you know, PowerPoint or your strategic plan and marketing or sales or whatever? Nobody's doing that, right? But in their room, power the unit, that's when the standard is the standard. Okay, so it's on the coach to uphold that. It's on the coach to teach and educate. It's on the power of the unit in the room to make sure that they're held accountable, not for us necessarily as fans. That's why, so everybody knows, that's why I get on. But I like the way our defense is playing and flying around, and it bodes well going into, in, into this game. Though WKU is not a run team, you're going to get a heavy dose of run. And I will say this, too. I, I know I'm preluding the difference maker of the game, <laughs> but this, for Tommy, is a Buckus-type game for him. You know, you have a six foot, 233-pound running back. You have an offensive line that has been there that is very talented. They are movers. Let's go. All right. Well, we'll, I think you got more to say about linebacker play for a matchup like Ohio State Notre Dame. We'll get to that. Are there, is there anything, Schlegs? It feels like nitpicking when it's 63 to 10. Is there anything that you still feel, I don't know, uncertain about? Something that you still want to see proven on Saturday or that needs to be against Notre Dame? I, I would say the inside run. So we saw this in the last game, you know, stretch into the boundary when you're on the difference between college and high school and the pros are the hashes. The hashes are narrower in the pros, okay? They're wider in college. When that ball is on the hash, it's hard to run stretch or outside zone into the boundary. It's because our because um, Henderson's fast, right? Like you saw when the ball was somewhat in the middle of the field, closer to the hash, he still was able to bounce it outside and utilize his speed. As, as you start to shrink that to the boundary, it's a lot easier for those guys to get over because they're all fast. So to be able to set up some of that outside runs, the inside run game really has to be well. And so you're going to see that. That's the one thing that I'm not, I'm not necessarily concerned about it, but I'm going to be looking at it because the inside run game, you saw Chip one hit home run, right? Boom, inside run. You saw some of those seven, eight-yard gains. That sets up the outside. Then they're like, all right, we got to start packing it in. Boom. Now I can hit him on the outside with speed. Some of the cross movement, you have Cade blocking backside, running stretch to the left. Like, all right, I discipline from the linebackers. I got to go over here. Boom. Now I can beat him with speed on the outside. But the inside run game sets a lot of that up and also sets up the perimeter passing game. So I want to see that in this, but that goes to the physicality from our offensive line. So you didn't really get to see that because of the competition of WKU. Mm-hmm. But it will be it will have to happen in this Notre Dame game. It's kind of fun to see this transpiring a little bit with Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside. I don't think Ryan Day wants to go that far or Tony Alford, but like Chip Trainum, man, you want to go somebody to to get between the tackles and run that inside stuff. He is an absolute load. And as you said, if you've got room to get to the edge on the outside, Travion Henderson is going to run away from most people. I mean, you want to be able I think they could both 
do both things if they asked him to. But I think this it'll be interesting for me to see how Ohio State manages that workload moving forward because both guys have skills and traits that make them maybe more suited for one over the other. And they're both some of the best running backs in the country at this point, the way that they're playing. Right. You can't forget about mine, right? So he's there as well. Absolutely. But I think what Chip does is out of the backfield, he presents a threat. So, you know, if you got to take a Cade off the field and go three receivers, two backs, or you keep Cade on, go two backs, and you got a Mecca and Marvin there, Mm -hmm. it just opens up a different type of package because, all right, you know, because Chip can can lead block. You know, like I said, he's he's that Kyle Yersick guy, right, that they have – and San Francisco that can do a lot of things. He's a better runner, obviously, than Kyle, but he can do those things, which that's a package that they have to game plan for. So how they use them, I don't know. I guarantee you there are certain things in their in their toolbox on his call sheet that he's never broken out. You're yeah. going to see some of those in game in this game because why not? But <laughs> that being said, it's you know, I'm this Notre Dame defense is really good. I mean, guys, they've had. I, I, I'll go down. I'm looking at my sheet here. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I've got it. I've got one for you, Schlegs. No, I think five picks, gonna, seven forced yeah. fumbles, six sacks. I was going to throw this one at you to get to your point. Hit me. Ohio State is number two in the country in yards per play allowed on defense. Number three is Notre Dame. These are two good yep. defenses. Yep, no doubt, man. Not, no doubt. And for a defensive guy, this is what you want to see. You know, and if you go down and you look at last year's game. You know, it was first off, first year head coach, Ohio State 21 10. Remember, we were down 10 7 at the half, and then we went on a 14 0 run in the second half. Our physicality up front won the second half of that game. Right. But they didn't have, they had Tyler Buckner. They didn't have Sam Hartman. That's the difference in this. You have really big possession type receivers. Here's the thing you also have really big back end defensive backs that I think are, I know are more athletic. Mm-hmm. than them so i'm really i'm comfortable in the way that they've played in the secondary that's a compliment to you know um uh walt and uh uh elano right i mean their yep. their 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 coverage is significantly better denzel burke is playing lights out caused that fumble that was a touchdown i mean he's flying around the guys are are, are playing and they're healthy that's what you right. want to see going into a big matchup like this but Again, Sam Hartman is the difference maker from last year's game to this year's game. However, when you make them one-dimensional because you're stopping the run, right now that's when those other guys can eat and you have to play a little bit of zone coverage, making it more difficult, allowing that that four-man rush to get there, sprinkling in a little bit of man with, with some pressure, and off you go. But, that's what it, but it still is going to come down to the front seven on both sides of the football. All right, Schlegs. Well, you you teased one. Hit me with the difference makers for Ohio State on Saturday night. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I you know it's it's hard because it it really is the linebacker play because I'm a linebacker, right? And 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 I look at Tommy and I look at Tommy as you know one of the best linebackers in the country. And and Steele has really proved that last game, man. Steele had a day now. Steele had a day. But for me, the difference makers are going to be you know Tyreek and Michael Hall and Ty Hamilton, like those, those interior guys are going to be, the, they're going to be the difference maker because they're going to want to run the ball inside the tackles. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when you're a linebacker and you're a D lineman in this type of game, like, like this is, you know, every time I go out, I got to show out, right? Juicy J, yep. man, true. 
So right. this is your game, guys. And the beautiful thing is, honestly, if I'm a linebacker, I'm like, dude, I got three teams this year that are that are high-profile teams that we get to go play to, like, make my mark, and that's Notre Dame, that's Penn State because they rush the football, and that's Michigan. Like, yep. let's go, right? Like, I can't wait for those. I'm t- who wants to play Purdue where they just sling it or WKU? Terrible. Tommy still had 10 tackles. I think um, Steele still had eight tackles in that game. But this game is going to come down to toughness, stopping the run. And if they do that and put them behind the, the chains for third and long, so third and seven plus, mm-hmm. right, that takes away 70% of the offense. It's harder. Ohio State won that game last year. Notre Dame was three of 13 on third down. Ohio State was seven of 13 on third down. And in, in, in the way the clock is now in college football, that's possessions. Right. That's what you got to have. So we got to get them to third and long, and that's going to change the dynamic of this game. But it starts up front with those D tackles and those linebackers. Mike Hall sort of had his uh, coming out party against the same Notre Dame team a year ago. So he looking did. in the tackles, trenches, and obviously the Ohio State offensive line has to show up. I think that's. If you're looking at the other side of the ball for difference makers, this is it. I mean, as you said, Notre Dame can play a little defense too. So Josh Simmons, Josh Fryer, Carson Hensman, this is it. The first three games were that that preseason for this. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you heard Coach Fry talk about violence and physicality. Um, I've been saying it for a long time, but that's a mindset. And you have to practice that way. Iron sharpens iron. Like inside drill is that, mm-hmm. you know, and so – that's what they want to see. I thought. I think we're starting to see that. I'm anxious to watch them get to the second level because they got Kaiser and and I like Louis. Fla- I don't know how you say his last name. Remember, like do I don't know it? how to say it either. I don't know how to say right. it either. I'm not. But anyways, guess what? Veteran, really good, really good linebackers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those guys are going to be trying to make plays. So how do we secure those blocks to get to the second level? Is really going to open up that inside run game. So they got to be a difference maker. And then I'm going to say this, like. Bobby asked a question on a, on our show, Bobby Carpenter show. It's like, mm-hmm. if I had one guy to pick who's going to make a touchdown, it's going to be a Mecca. And I said that because you watching that game, like, like they were kind of bracketing. Um, Marvin, listen, yeah. man, when you see a corner and a safety at the same level with Marvin, that's a bad deal. That's a 71 <laughs> yard touchdown. Okay. They're not, listen, they're Marcus is a defensive minded guy. Yeah, he's going to eliminate the guy that like I am not going to allow him to beat me. That's going to be so they're going to bracket him, which is going to free up a mecca. It's going to free up Cade that little that little five yard in that you saw Cade on that long over. Boom, he set him up with a nod, threw it to him. Right, boom, he's up to the boundaries faster than you think. You know what I mean? Farmer Gronk is right. <laughs> that was forty yards plus wheel route to a mecca. Marvin was on the sand. I don't know if it was Marvin. I don't remember. But that was a great play call. He brought him in, right? They went in, and boom, wheel route, dime from, from uh, I think, no, that was Carnell Tate on that one. But anyways, Kyle yeah. McCord hit him. But it's still 28 sec, 22 seconds, right? 40 yards and 22 yards. Let's go. So I know <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place in that, but. It's because you're juiced I, up. This is a huge I matchup. I am, man. Flakes. It's a huge matchup. I'm, re- I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we're almost there. Uh, and getting uh, the podcast daily on a Thursday morning with Schlegs uh, in the bank means that we're one day closer. Can't wait for it. Appreciate, as always, Schlegs giving us some time uh, to get ready. Uh, it, again, doesn't need any more hype than we already are putting onto it. Ohio State, Notre Dame, 
that's all that needs to be said. Yep, let's go. Thanks. Yeah, let's get it on. That's Schlegs. I'm Austin. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We'll talk to you later.